This is the Fade You Podcast, episode 41, March 31st, 2021. Hello to all the dads out there and the moms. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Matthew James. Be sure you are following us on Twitter at Fade You Sports. And please subscribe wherever you might be listening. So Kmart is joining me tonight. Kmart, how you doing, buddy? It's been a long day of sadness. I'm sure the, the emotions... <laughs> Are real and Chris Duke is here. Chris, thanks for making time for us. Finally, you asshole. <laughs> oh yeah, a little wine, a little time for the fade. You let's let's uh, share some winners. Let's recap what we've. Uh, Kmart's been a god during <laughs> during the NCA. Yes, he has, but I'm sure he doesn't feel like it right now. Uh, we'll we will get to USC's loss momentarily but we want to talk first about how dennis has been doing chris how we've got dennis all-time record just to update for everybody and then we're going to update everyone on how he has done since the tournament began yeah so dennis all-time himself is 45.9 that means you're just a hair over 54 percent if you're fading him last time i checked that's amazing if you're betting that way all year, every year, you are coming back with a hell of a return on your investment. Um, we're up to just a hair under 50 units return on fading him since we posted 49 and a half units since July 2020. And since the uh, tourney began, he was he was a little positive, hovering around 50-50. We just couldn't get past the juice at first. But then once he started to keep taking favorites and stuff like that, he's fallen to 45% and we're uh, just over a hair um, positive three units there fading him. So it was a successful, not as much as we'd like, but Hey, the hundred dollar better, you're up 300 bucks fading him. So it's not bad. Well, the funny part about all this to me is that he, he kind of eased up after he had a bad, he had a really bad Sunday, uh, when we were in Vegas. So that was the round mm-hmm. of 32, the first day he had a really bad Sunday. And then he's kind of kind of been a little quiet like he passed on gonzaga last night he passed on baylor Baylor. the night before like these these big chalky faves that have covered then has been sitting out so yeah and that's what you love about him like you know (laughs) he gets busy at work you know he's a busy guy and he just like gets busy and you're like oh my god dan didn't take that free money and then he'll fire on something else you know and that's the loser so you gotta love it. He went one and one on Houston. Houston didn't get didn't get the cover, and he probably would have been on on Baylor. You were thinking so, and then you, we were thinking maybe he'd be on Gonzaga because he had he's faded them twice in the tourney and they've uh, screwed him. So we thought maybe he'd flip flop on that one. He stayed away. So it'll be interesting. You know damn well he'll probably want to fire some. I mean, in all honesty, I know Baylor minus five probably he's looking at that and licking his chops. I'm thinking that's free money. Same with Gonzaga. They look unstoppable. So we'll see. We uh, probably have to lace up our shoes and take a couple dogs fading him in the final four. We're getting to the point where it's a little bit of a transition period on the sports landscape. The NCAA tourney is going to be over in less than a week. And then it will be, you know, baseball starting tomorrow and then stretch runs for basketball. And Dennis doesn't bet hockey, but. Chris, just share with people, what can Team Fade Den expect as baseball season gets rolling here? Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he fired a good amount of baseball because that was after 
the whole pandemic thing. Like he was really upset that uh, he wanted to fire last year for March Madness and every, you know, all sports got canceled. So he took a little hiatus and then once baseball came back, that was the only sport going. So of course he, he was firing and stuff. So he takes a lot of overs, same way he does in basketball and football, a lot of overs, a lot of favorites. He will, he likes to bet against, he's a San Diego Homer. So he really likes the Padres, which could bode well for us this year because there's going to be a tax on them because everyone's really high on them. So I'm sure he'll be hammering the Padres and the over and betting against the Dodgers like he was last year. So uh, there could be some value. We'll see what he does. Uh, he likes to bet those primetime Sunday night baseballs. He might take that over nine and a half Sunday night baseball. So we'll see what he does. Yeah, and he we'll see if he gets back to NBA. He was doing NBA overs for a while, and then that, that kind of went away. And so we'll see if he rediscovers his love for the NBA once college basketball ends. And just to, to forecast way in the future, you know who's happy about 17 regular season games in the NFL now? <laughs> That's, that means more games for Den to bet, Chris. Oh, yeah. I was When I saw that, I said, oh, yeah. We get an extra week. Maybe Denil, uh, he'll get to bet on the Chiefs minus 10 uh, or the Ravens minus 14, something again, you know, that he thinks is free money. So we love it. That's his worst sport. And so the more, the better. One more Sunday for Den to go three and nine. So <laughs> we, we can't wait. All right, Kyle, what a hell of a run it was for your USC Trojans. Uh, we even had one of our episodes recently title fight on when they were just looking so impressive. And, you know, on one hand, it's a, it's a huge bummer, but on the other hand, there's no shame in losing to who's clearly the best team in the country this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no shame. It's just the shame was, you knew the game was over five minutes in. I yeah. mean, they cleaned it up. You look at the final stat line and, you know, they only finished with 10 turnovers but they started the game with seven. So it was just, I mean, out the gate, they're down 15 points. And it's just like, come on, guys. Um, just honestly, first half just looked like they felt they didn't belong there. You could just see the class level. Timmy's a good player. But for fuck's sake, if Evan Mobley thinks he's ready for the NBA, that kid better stay another year. That's what I saw last night because he is not ready. Uh, he needs, I, I hope his brother Isaiah says, Hey, let's run this back. Let's win it all next year. Let's get a recruiting class. Let's go pro together. And I think he'd be better for it. You see too many times these kids go one year in. And I mean, last guy we had hyped this, this well was OJ Mayo. He didn't really have that great of a career. Just kind of flopped around. So, you know, I'd like, I'd really love to see it different for, uh, Evan Mobley because, He's kind of the catalyst here, you know, to, to bring SC basketball on the map, but they, it was just discouraging, um, you know, cause I didn't, I wasn't going to be talking like, Oh yeah, see, you know, they, sh they could have won that game. Like, you know, we we're texting Kelly and I, and I said, you know, UCLA has a better chance to win. That's why we went with that pick. And what did they do? They won. But, you know, I really thought SC could keep it competitive. That game wasn't competitive. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue it was after they got down 15 because they only got outscored four points the rest of the way. So that that was nice. Uh, they didn't give up. You know, I appreciated that. They played with some heart, um, you know, tried to fight on, if you will. But, man, it was just big, big letdown. Um, and 
I don't, I, I, I think partly due to Einfield's coaching, that's kind of been his big knack, just pulling players in and out. You know, that's, that's why players love Phil Jackson. He just said, figure it out instead of just yanking them out. So we'll see. We'll see what, uh, what comes in the coming years for the program. Yeah. I mean, obviously Gonzaga is really impressive, but it was so, it was the first few minutes was just self-inflicted with the turnovers and then they just were never, ever. Yeah. Yeah. They were just, it looked high school. It looked like a JV team playing a a varsity team. Yeah. Just dribbling through the lane, getting stripped, pickpocketed. It was like, come on, man. Like you guys are better than this. It was just, I mean, the first two minutes when it was seven, nothing, I'm like, okay, early jitters. They cut it to seven to four. I'm like, okay. And then it was 15 to four. It's just like, yeah. okay, it's going to be that game. Yeah. And it's just, it was turnovers and layups for, for the Zags. So, I mean, yeah, the second half, I think they, I think they actually were even the second half. I think it was like 36, yeah. 36 or something like that. Yeah. And, and Gonzaga clearly put, took their foot off the gas in the last few minutes and, so it's disappointing it wasn't a better game. I mean, still a hell of a run for them in the tourney. I mean, you oh, said yeah. all along they had sweet 16 potential and that their ceiling was so high. But, I mean, Gonzaga really seems to have separated themselves from everybody else as the clear best team. I mean, do you think Do you think they're going to go all the way? Oh, yeah. The, I don't think another team can beat them. I think UCLA – I mean, UCLA's gritty – but I mean, you heard me when the bracket came out. I was pissed we had to play. I would. I didn't want to have to play Gonzaga until at least the final four. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, like, I, I, I truly believe SC. This might be a little homer, but I truly believe SC could beat all the remaining teams left minus Gonzaga. Like I truly do. But you know, just just the seeding, just the the West region is just you know unfortunate. That's why. And I, I knew I was like. They're not going to beat them, and I was praying for an upset, even though it would be nice to see that program win one. But it was just like, fuck, this is like, this is the best chance SC's had it in my entire life. And I just knew, like, they just have to get past Gonzaga, and it's the the, the clearing was there, just, you know, too high of a hurdle. Chris, the, the books are obviously going to adjust because Gonzaga has covered every game in the tournament. Uh, which is hilarious because Den has bet against them multiple times. <laughs> That's another story. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we have the largest favorite ever in the final four. Chris, can they make this number high enough? Do you think? I mean, the action is clearly going to be lopsided. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was looking and uh, it's very rare that it's that big. I, I was thinking, uh, I forget, was it Kentucky or was it? Was it Kentucky recently in the last five years? They were undefeated and they lost. I remember yeah. um, money lining someone. I think it was Wisconsin beat. I think them. you're right. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was that Frank, was it Frank Kaminsky in yeah, Wisconsin? Kaminsky. Yeah. Yeah. Frank the Tank. I remember they were going for that Bobby Knight perfect year mm-hmm. and they were just dominant all year and then they got knocked off. It is so hard to go undefeated in this sport. And so I'll be looking, do I think UCLA can win? Maybe not. I'll probably be taking the points just because it is going to be inflated and whether it's square or not. I just think that I think three or four out of the last five dogs that have been this big in the final four have covered. So I'll, I'll just pray for a close game, but I do think Baylor Baylor has, a, if there's a team, you know, like Kmart said, I don't know if SC can beat them, but 
Baylor's a team that's just been dominant all year up there at the top. I think they can give them a good uh, – I'd be inclined to take if Baylor's going to be a dog. Uh, they will be against Gonzaga in the finals. I'll, I'll take them because it is just so hard. Obviously, we've seen it hasn't happened in, you know, almost 50 years. So I'm, I'm excited for this Final Four. Kyle, the UCLA Gonzaga line is obviously sky high. Can the Bruins possibly score enough to keep this close? I mean, we know they're scrappy. They're, I mean, they're tough, man. They have showed a lot of grit, but can they score enough to keep this close and respectable? Do you think? Yeah, I think they can, but it's just it's just a class level. Like SC is not five points better than UCLA. I mean, minus nine to minus fourteen, like that to me is like, come on. UCLA, in my opinion, is a true six. They just played in that stupid play-in game. If they beat SC, you know, final game of the year, I doubt they're a first four. So it's seating's just seating's whack to me, and that's why I was all over them last night. And you know how many people were saying, "Oh, Michigan's going to roll. Michigan's going to do this and that." It's just every and you even said it in our first preview. It's like, man, everyone's going to be on them. They were inflated and. I mean, I feel like, I mean, you saw me. I mean, I was riding and I was taking it when I felt like they, they were definitely undervalued against Florida State. That's why I liked them in that spot. But um, it was just a weird game. I definitely think they can score. They are going to want to slow the game down. But, I mean, SC is not particularly a fast-paced team. And you can just see those four or five NBA-ready players for Gonzaga where they can just do whatever they want. So, if UCLA doesn't get up early, they I don't think they'll cover. So that's that's pretty much the bet is the first five minutes is can UCLA do better than SC and keep it competitive or will it just be a be a blowout? Um, well, you so yeah, take care of the, yeah, got to take care of the ball. I mean, Gonzaga in transition is devastating, and we saw that in the first few minutes. That's why. Kelly said what she said on Twitter that USC is getting run out of the gym because they, they, they couldn't stop giving the ball away. Yeah. And it's Chris, you talk about the pressure on Gonzaga to go undefeated, but it's incredible to me just how loose they look when they play. If they don't look tight, they don't look like they have a lot of pressure on them. It, it really is it's an well incredible cool. team to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see because they're such a small school back in the day, you know, 15 years ago. And they were always, oh, you know, they're like the Boise State. They were just there from that small conference. And you knew once they got to the big dance, you know, within that sweet 16, they'd lose. They've never, I think I heard today, they've never beaten a number one seed, um, a fellow number one seed in the tourney. They were 0-8 or something. So they can never get over that hump. So it's just good to see them. I know it's revenge from last year. They really wanted to win. And then the whole thing gets canceled, which sucked. So they're they're ready to go. And uh they're going to be dangerous, but that all, that's all under the line. That's what I was saying. They're, you know, probably like Kmart said, probably should be minus 11 or something, but you're getting 14. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of cool. Like you said, over the course of our, you know, we're all in our early to mid thirties and over the course of our lives as sports fans, you've seen Gonzaga come go from that good school in a small conference, like you said, Chris, like a Boise state to really now be in the, the clear front runner to win it all. So it would be kind of cool to see them finally get it done. I know everybody was showing the, the, uh, the replay of Kyle. Do you remember what year it was when UCLA beat them with Adam Morrison? Like <laughs> or something. Eight well, or seven. Yeah. Uh, seven yeah. Or eight. So, so back to back. Yeah. Thing. 
Yeah, that's right. That was the. Did they have like Darren Collison, maybe. Yeah, and, and Berlute. Yeah. yeah, so mm-hmm. that that highlight is going around with the crazy turnovers at the end and Adam Morrison crying. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, it would be cool to see Gonzaga. I mean, the little school from the West Coast Conference on top of the world, on top of the Dukes and the Kentuckys and the North Carolinas. It would be pretty cool. So we'll see if it happens. We'll see if they're able to just steamroll all the way through. Like Chris, you said earlier, they do look unstoppable. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to hear Kyle's thoughts on Baylor Houston. And then we'll just wrap up by talking about how we're going to transition away from college basketball once it ends. So we'll be right back. All right, Kmart, you have a system play on Baylor Houston. Go ahead and uh, share your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, you know, kind of fits the mold, uh, Baylor's overpriced. I mean, we're texting during both their games and they both played that second half, like absolute shit, closing teams out. Just the fact we lost both those covers just pissed me off (laughs) to the point of I had to turn my phone off. Um, But yeah, just (laughs) Houston style play is perfect for Baylor. I mean, sure. I you know, system's not 100%. Baylor definitely has the potential to, you know, win that game by 10. But, you know, I also like Houston to, to win that game outright. Uh, that five points is just a nice little buffer. But they're pretty even defensively. Both good defensively. Houston a little bit better offensively. Pretty damn good. Uh, Baylor likes to, you know, do a little bit more of a run and gun. Um, they have better three-point shooters, but Houston is great at defending the three. So it's just more, more of those monikers. Uh, There's not really one like big player where, you know, I'm afraid of, you know, like last night, can Dickinson take over for Michigan or, or Mobley for SC, Timmy for Gonzaga. Like there's not like one true matchup where it's just absolutely terrifying where it's like, they got to slow this guy down. Otherwise it's, it's no go. I just think, you know, as a whole team, as a whole unit, they're well coached. Uh, they've had a good program for a couple of years now, and I didn't. I didn't actually think they could. They could get to the championship game, but fuck, here they are. And I mean, I like them against Baylor just from everything I've been seeing. Yeah, the, the funny thing about Houston is they were on the ropes against Rutgers. I think I was at the airport. And Kyle, you were probably on your way to the airport when, yeah. when they, they were down and like I said, on the ropes, and then they kind of came back at the very end and stole that game. And now here they are and every team's path is a little different, but I mean, gosh, how, they could have been out that first weekend. Right. Yeah. And I mean, Houston, I mean, they're, they're giving up 58 points per game. I mean, that's insane <laughs> i mean yeah. part, part of it is because they do play a very slow tempo offense so i mean they really slow the game down which is what which is what you're gonna have to do in the likes of a team like baylor who scores over 88 game gonzaga so i mean you really have to limit their possessions but in turn as you saw last night you can't just give them fast break layups otherwise it's going to turn into a shootout and i mean houston can shoot the three so they can shoot their way back in it but that's not the style they want to play. I mean, they want to play. I mean, we saw it. They were down 10 plus against Rutgers, but it's different caliber. Um, even though they're down 10, it was like being down four to Baylor. It's just different weapons, really. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it should be a fun game to watch and, you know, I definitely trust that system and it's, you know, it's for this game. It's, it's like a max play. Like it's, it's like a love. Oh, Chris, I want to, I want to ask you this and then I want to hear what Kyle has to say. Houston's path. They have played 12 seed Oregon state. 11 seed Syracuse, 10 seed Rutgers, and then mm-hmm. Cle- Cleveland State in the first round. So I think this is the – I don't know if they're the first, but one of the few teams that have played only double-digit seeds en route to the Final Four. Do you see any danger of Houston being a little bit trendy going into this very, very steep step up in opponent? No, I mean, I think that's there's no one else that have just been playing only double digit seeds, no way. But uh, the, they've had a weird path to the final four, that's for sure. But uh, I don't think, I mean, you're talking about a, you know, a Rutgers team that's pretty tough and a Syracuse team that's always well coached. You know, uh, Bayheim's been to the, you know, Elite Eight a lot and Final Four a bunch, one with Carmelo. I mean, he knows how to get people in tournament mode and then Oregon state was just on fire. Like nobody we've ever seen. So I think they've beaten some pretty, pretty high quality teams. I mean, you could say, you know, that uh, Baylor's beaten Wisconsin, who's, you know, lacked, lacked that much talent too. And Hartford Nova with their injuries. So you could say, you know, Baylor hasn't had the toughest either. I don't think there's going to be trendy at all. I've already seen it move from four to five. I'm seeing a lot of public action on the Baylor bears. I think, you know, people are probably thinking, oh, Baylor's been number one or two flip floppy, you know, right behind Gonzaga the whole year. And Houston's had a bunch of losses to, you know, Wichita States and Tulsa and, and all that East Carolina even. So they've had their losses. So I think that uh, I like that play with uh, with Kmart. And it's, it's going to be scary. I'm already seeing like, oh, my God, like Kmart said, I can see Baylor winning by 10 or 15. But that just uh, the scarier, the better. So yeah, Kyle. I mean, at, at Fade U, what we try to educate people is to find these narratives that are just bullshit and right. and go the other way. So, what would you say to people who are going to spew that narrative of, well, Houston's played all double digit seeds and now they're playing a number one seed and they haven't played an opponent like this? What would you What would you say to that? Say you're hardly a basketball fan and all you do is look at seating like you don't know shit about the teams or the conferences Cleveland State sure you know 15 seed but they're a very physical team and I mean they wiped the floor with them like if there was a game where it'd be like "Eh, you know it wasn't too well Uh, you know they they barely struggled against Cleveland State I mean Cleveland State plays a very similar brand of basketball as Houston and they beat them by 30 so I mean and they scored 87 on them. So it's, they, they show that they can play different styles. Uh, Rutgers, I mean, they, they've been an up and down team all year, but they've beat quality opponents. It's just about consistency. It's about players. It's about coaching. So, you know, sure. They're, I don't, I don't remember what seed they were at this point. Um, but I just, I just don't think that really has any merit. You got to look at a full body of work. 
and the things that truly separate teams for a full season are consistencies. But March, I mean, everyone's undefeated. If you make it there, it doesn't matter. Look at UCLA. What the fuck? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I didn't see – like, if you would have told me, hey, Kyle, UCLA is going to go further in the tournament than SC, I would have laughed. Yeah. Like, and I, I mean, and they got like I had BYU winning that game, so I mean, shame, shame on me, but good for you, Bruins. And it's and it has been fun betting on them. Uh, I'm Dan's fault. Bro, so did but he. I, I love betting <laughs> on the Pac-12. But Syracuse, you know, they beat them by 16. You know, when they they had come off, you know, some impressive wins, San Diego State, and you know they beat them by 16, slowed it down. Syracuse couldn't hit a shot because of that great great perimeter defense that they have. And then Oregon state, one of probably a team that looked even better than USC or UCLA found their three point stroke really started to have interior defense, exterior defense. We're just playing really well under tinkle and you know, they shit is what 34, 17 at halftime. And then they left their foot off the gas. So, I mean, that's just, they're going to have to play 40 minutes. They can't do that shit against Baylor. Because uh, we saw what happened with Villanova. Good stuff from the dads right there. Going to be a good Final Four. And then uh, I know we have Dad's Night coming up on Monday to watch championship games. So I can't wait to see the fathers. Uh, let's let's yes. just end the show with a couple other things real quick here. College basketball is ending. We're going to divert our attention. I'm going to keep tweeting out some of the, the hockey you know, this has been a really strange hockey season where chalk has just been on uh, one of the all-time runs for for favorites, especially big favorites. Uh, but shout out to the Buffalo Sabres. They did it. They got off they the schneid. They got mm-hmm. one. They had lost 18 in a row, which is probably – I would never wish that on any fan base, no matter how much I hated them. That's truly incredible to me. But they beat <laughs> the Flyers today 6-1. They did not blow the three-goal lead this time, so congrats sabers and i don't know maybe some people out there bet on them that'd be fun kyle how are Mm -hmm. you gonna shift your attention to uh as college basketball ends over to this kind of home stretch of the nba yeah well yeah i made that made that announcement on uh on twitter a couple weeks ago heading into the conference tourneys just saying i was gonna focus mainly on that kept a kept a blind eye on nba but yeah, this season's just more fun with college, but this week I've been kind of starting to follow it a little bit more closely, been kind of writing down games that teams I like, seeing how they do, and, you know, it's been all right. So just trying to get back in the groove of the NBA so I can start posting my angles on that. Whoever followed us last year in the bubble, uh, I mean, we did pretty pretty well um, in that span. But, you know, things are starting to get a little different now. And going into that playoff run, I definitely expect to uh, be able to find some teams to make us money on. Baseball starts tomorrow. Uh, If you have not listened to our MLB win totals preview with Bucket Boy, you can go find that episode. Uh, Probably too late as of tomorrow to bet season win totals, but you can still listen. It's still good info on on what teams – that we're a little bit high on going into the season, what teams that maybe you can sell. Chris, have you looked at opening day much? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, 
I was looking at some, uh, you know, as chief sanitation officer, I've got to sift through the poop. Like always, um, I just, uh, got ready. I got a new, you know, hazmat suit because, uh, MLB is a whole, whole different animal. And, uh, I'm looking at some, uh, I know you'd love this. I hope we can get this, this gif ready, uh, a lot more often like we did last year and get that, that diamond back uh-huh. going, let's go everyone's going to be loving you darvish and the let's go we're going to go back to bum we'll take uh we're looking at i mean you can money line it i think there's a little bit of value on that plus one and a half all you got to do is lay minus 105 hope they lose by one everyone and their mom on the padres a couple more of those my boy means we love division dogs again go means lefty eovaldi can eat it um, we'll see if the Orioles can go ahead and come out and steal one minus 170 seems a little high for a Red Sox team that, uh, shouldn't uh, win that many. And what's their over under this year? It's not that high. So that seems a little inflated. I think that was and one then, of Neil's, uh, Kyle was Red Sox, one of Neil's unders. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think so, so. so we love that. Yeah. And then uh, a third one. Let's go. I mean, Garrett Cole, everyone on their mom looks like they're going to be on Yankees. Let's go with our uh, our Asian brother, Jin Ryu, and uh, take those Blue Jays to steal one. Another division dog. God, we love the DDs here in baseball. We're going to be hammering them all year, folks. I love the D-backs play. That's, that's first of all, that's fade you with Darvish going for the fathers. So we love the fade you. And then, yeah, I just want to get that that snake gift fired up again. That was <laughs> that was fun last year. So much uh, value on the snake. Forget about our baby Marlins, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle, I was going to ask you about them going up against uh, the World Series hangover team this year. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you got to like them tomorrow. Uh, I know spring ball, you can't put much merit in, but they they definitely put together a pretty good uh, pitching uh, statistics in those. 19 games and Alcantara shit pretty good Mattingly saw what he did with the Dodgers gonna get over the hump so you know another team that that's gonna be fun to watch so you know I definitely think there's some value there um you know home dogs Chris loves that but especially those shorter ones um you know you can definitely sniff those out and win win a lot of money just by going 50 percent this Absolutely. Marlins, this Marlins rotation is really young. And Kyle, you would, I'm sure you would echo this a thousand percent just because you haven't heard of some of these guys. Don't write them off. Uh, there's definitely going to be value on some of these really young starters for Miami that are promising. Yeah. I mean, look at every, look at every year, the Dodgers pull some jackass out of triple a and it's like, you know, whatever it was stripling and whoever just like, then they go on these runs, Dustin may it's like, how i mean so it's going to be the same marlin's decent farm system with the with their management what they had the overhaul from you know 10 years ago they've done a really good job and you know that that team is in position to uh improve from last year and you know be be actually successful you know for the next five ten years if they keep uh keep this up yeah keep trending up all right good stuff that's opening day we'll look we'll see how some of these do uh Love to be able to tweet out tomorrow night, say, hey, we, we gave three winners out on the pod and give us a listen. So, all right. I'm on Twitter at Matthew James 78. Kyle, you are? 
A marks underscore angles. Christopher, I am going to tie you to your chair. I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to do obscene things to you until you actually start tweeting. Where are you on Twitter? At ChrisLeeDuke23. I'm so sorry. I've missed some poopy epic NBA plays. It's I'm going to fire more guys. Sorry. I sell windows and doors for Home Depot. God <laughs> bless me. I've got to stretch, you know, I've got to deal with a lot of folks. What is about this, Chris? What about this warranty? Just give me a break, guys. We're going to hammer. Hey, Denon, and no one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stuff, guys. Uh, just remember if you decide to bet on poop, you just may get a shicey result. <laughs> <laughs>